Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Season 4 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Today, I'm here with my friends Dan Johnson. Hey. <laughs> Tim Morgan. What up? And Tucker Wolf. How's it going? And we are here to bring you guys the fourth edition of Musicians Discuss Movies About Music. How's it going, guys? Doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Tim and Dan? It's good. It's good. You know it's good. You know it's good. Also good here. Sweet. Um, I'm glad to have you guys here today. I'm excited about this. I think we have an interesting batch of movies to talk about. Um, for In case people listening are not familiar with the Musicians Discuss Movies About Music format, what we do is we take four films about music and talk about them from a musician's perspective. All of us here today are musicians with different backgrounds in music. Tim and Dan have been on other musicians episodes, but this is Tucker's first. So welcome, Tucker. Glad to have you today. Welcome, Tucker. Thank Yo, you. Thank yeah, you big so tuck. much. I'm honored. <laughs> uh, Tucker, talk a little bit about your music background and overall thoughts on movies about music. This hasn't really been something we've talked about on episodes you've been on before. So, Yeah, that's true. Um, I've been playing music since, um, oh, geez, I don't know, probably since I was like 10 or 11 years old. Uh, my primary instrument is the guitar, but I also do vocals and a handful of other things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been playing music for a really long time. Not sure what exactly drew uh, me to music because my family isn't musical at all. Um, but I had a really awesome music class teacher in middle school. Um, and I think he probably was like the, the primary inspiration. And he showed me who Stevie Ray Vaughan is. And as soon as I heard Steve Ray Vaughan, it was like, okay, I got to learn how to do nice. that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it seems been, to be the case for a lot of people. Yeah, it's been great ever since. So, nice. But um, I'm kind of an unconventional pick to be on this episode because I don't typically love movies about music, which yeah. I think is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Considering but, you're a musician. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> odd. I'm not really sure what my bug is with that. Maybe it's because I hold them to a higher standard. Uh, Maybe. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and then Tim, Dan, refresh everybody's mind about your music backgrounds. Uh, I started as a soprano when I was in uh, a kids choir. Uh, and then I, I was forced <laughs> to do that, forced to learn piano, forced to learn trombone. And then I rejected as much of that as I could and picked up the guitar and then found out a few years later that my mom was right. And all of those things were super important and I should have stuck with them, but I'm grateful for what it all taught me. Uh, so since then I played in a band with McNeil, done some music with Tim, uh, all over the place. But, uh, I, and unlike Tucker, I love any uh, movie about music. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I've been playing, doing all kinds of music stuff since I was a kid. I grew up in a, in a home where music was prevalent, but not very, um, it was kind of raw skill, uh, but not really refined. Um, played piano for a long time, um, did the trumpet for a stint, um, but mainly now do vocals, uh, teach music. So uh, it's one of the big things. And I gig. Um, with a band, a couple bands I've, I've been with now, and like Dan said, been with Dan McNeil a couple occasions to kind of sing a gig with them. So it's been fun to be able to be immersed in it. Honestly, I'm kind of on Tucker's side with this. I'm not usually a big fan to seek out music movies. And once again, it might just be one of those things like Tucker was saying, like maybe I see it as a higher standard or maybe I just see it more as a biography more than just like mm -hmm. the music side of it because I think that I'm looking for something a little bit more in the music to kind of inspire me as a musician. Um, yeah. whereas if I do delve into it a little bit more, I can find some stuff, but for the most part, I'm usually just kind of like, eh, not a big deal. I'll go find like a comic book movie or a scary movie or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess I would have to side with Dan. I'm a big fan of, um, music movies in general, not necessarily just musicals, but like even biographies about well-known or not so well-known musicians or anything. So I'm, but I also just like really any genre of movie. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of, I'm a sucker for movies about music like Dan, I guess. Um, my background in music, I started playing drums self-taught from the age of seven and, uh, kind of like Tucker, I didn't really have anything specifically that drew me to it. I just really liked music and I just kind of picked up the drums and, um, I've played drums ever since, but my main instrument I would say is guitar. I started taking lessons at 10, took lessons for five years. Um, so around the time I started high school, I quit lessons and, uh, continued with guitar, started playing in some bands with, uh, Tucker initially. And then I actually joined, uh a band that Dan and I were in for a while. And then, um, uh, I paid, I, I played bass for a while. I picked up that because, you know, if you play guitar, you can, you can play bass for the most part. And then, uh, I took, uh, four years of orchestra and I played cello and I really wish I stuck with that because I'm pretty rusty with cello right now. I got it back out recently. I was like, I need to start playing this again. And I was horrible. <laughs> so, uh, but, I, but I'm making progress again. So, there's that. But yeah, I, I like writing music more so than playing covers or anything, but I, I really just like listening to music and appreciating it as an art form. Um, and, you know, playing, I like playing with other people the most. That's my favorite thing to do with music. But, um, but yeah, that's my brief background, uh, along with everybody else's. But, uh, today our four music related films are Rocket Man. Almost Famous, Soul, and Green Book. We're going to dive into each of these movies in that order. So starting with Rocket Man, came out in 2019. It only won one Oscar. This is the only thing it was nominated for, uh, which was um, Best Original Song called I'm Gonna Love Me Again by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Uh, this was directed by Dexter Fletcher, and it stars Taron Edgerton as Elton John. It also stars Jamie Bell, Richard Madden, and Bryce Dallas Howard, many, many other people as well. Uh, so Rocket Man is the least fresh on my mind of these four movies, uh, but I remember it well enough to talk about it, or else I, I wouldn't have recommended this one be in the episode. Um, but obviously it follows the story of Elton John at a very specific time in his life, and it touches on other aspects of his life as well. But who here is an Elton John fan? Me. Dan. Okay. I didn't know much about... I, I knew who the guy was, but it was one of those revealing things where it was like oh that dude wrote this song and he wrote that song and he wrote that <laughs> didn't song you, like, oh, didn't you say dang. the same thing about like, queen <laughs> when we watched bohemian rhapsody <laughs> yeah dude i my oh really i forgot my about that history here. like background is horrid when it comes to these guys i just like my parents turned on the radio and it was just like song after song so i recognized the song but putting an artist with it the worst no couldn't do that <laughs> what about you tucker um, I mean, I don't have it out for Elton John, but I'm not like a huge fan either. Um, it's more like, yeah, he's fine. Um, I mean, like, you know, I'll tap my foot, I'll sing along to, you know, the big ones. But other than that, um, I'm kind of like Tim. I didn't really know anything about him. Um, but yeah, a, kind of indifferent to be honest. I like Elton John. I wouldn't say I'm as big of a fan as Dan. It sounds like he's a, you're, would you say you're a pretty big fan? Yeah, I was always, I always loved pretty much everything he did. Goodbye Yellow Brick Roads, one of my favorite, like, musical songs musical songs that's a terrible way to say that but for for the arrangement <laughs> the, the words are whatever but it, it it's like a it's an awesome vibe yeah but uh i saw him live in uh greenville south carolina i don't know probably 2012 2013 oh and cool okay that cool. dude i don't know how old he was at the time uh probably probably about nine years younger than he is right now but he tore the <laughs> probably <house> down <laughs> like i it was just him on the piano for for a lot of it and when he he did this massive piano vamp for like five or 10 minutes and then like modulated into the intro to rocket man. And I thought the, we had blown the roof off the place. Like it was incredible. <laughs> oh, nice. My favorite <laughs> moment was after he finished one song and they like timed the lights to go completely black for like maybe a half second to a second. And so he hits the last chord and when he hits the last chord, the lights go black and then they come back on and he's standing by the piano bench. You never saw him stand up with his arms like spread out. Oh, cool. Uh, he's he's a performer, <laughs> as you saw in the movie. Um, right, and yeah. a killer piano player, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, he's a very talented musician. Yeah, I mean, I definitely respect um, his influence on the music industry and also his stuff and, like, his ability and talent. I'm just not, I'm not, like, hugely obsessed with him or anything like that. Yeah. I, like, again, I'm not as huge of a fan as Dan. I like Elton John. I'll listen to his music. My mom is a huge Elton John fan. She grew up listening to him. So I heard a lot of Elton John growing up. Um, 
but I guess he just wasn't one of those artists I went back to a lot. Like I've listened to some stuff off and on, but it's not like my personal favorite or anything, but I respect him a lot for his influence on the industry and everything. Um, and so, uh, anyway, on to rocket man. I, I think, uh, rocket man is a very well produced movie in terms of like costumes and sets and everything. It's a very good looking movie and I'm surprised it wasn't really nominated for some of those technical aspects of the film, but it came out earlier in the year. So that was probably to its disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that really stands out about rocket man is Taron Edgerton's performance as Elton John. He absolutely crushed the role and it's insane how he did literally all of the singing and he like almost replicated Elton John's voice, like basically to perfection. It's crazy how he did that. And what's really crazy to me, and I think we brought this up in the, um, and one of the episodes we did, I think it was the second musicians episode where we talked about Bohemian Rhapsody and Rami Malek the year before Rocket Man came out was nominated for or actually won the Oscar at, for his role as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. And he only did like he didn't do any of the singing. He was just lip syncing the whole time. And then Taron Edgerton the year later plays Elton John and does all of the singing and got nowhere near the same recognition, which is weird to me. Yeah, that I think that that kind of blows my mind too. Like, and now that I've seen it and I watched it um, all the way through, like you said, he did an excellent job replicating it and just reproducing it the same way. And I, I don't know if I can because I after obviously after seeing it, I want to look up the songs that I'm familiar with with Elton John. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, he actually did a very good job sounding yeah. just like this guy. And imitation is very difficult to do, especially like singing because voices are unique that way. But in order to shape your voice that way, that was. That's such some good skill, and I don't understand why yeah. they didn't really give him mad props for that because it was good. Yeah. I mean, like, he totally disappeared into that role. He had the look. He did the dancing. He did all the singing. It's crazy. Uh, Dan, you, you, since you're the biggest Elton John fan here, how did you think he paid homage to Elton John in his career? Well, I never met Elton John at that age, so I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, um, no, I thought he did a – I thought he did phenomenal. All the reviews that I saw um, – it put it pretty much spot on it's it it's kind of a impossible thing to do to play one of the most i mean i guess uh rami malik did it with uh freddie mercury but maybe the the other most flamboyant lead singer of all time um to to yeah. capture that huge personality i, th- I thought i'd be i thought he did awesome yeah dude the cost the costume changes were the craziest thing to me like first of all i was like Edgerton, dude, well done putting all those costumes on. Second, <laughs> Elton John, where, like, how, do, how did you decide what you were gonna wear each night? Like, how am I gonna describe that to the costume designer? Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, dude, I need an orange suit that has feathers that have, have wings and horns, and I need like this sweet etching on my shirt. Like, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation, I need to see, like ha- see that happen because I have no idea how he's able to describe that to any of those people. Like, so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, what are your overall thoughts on the movie? Like, did you guys enjoy it? Was it, you know, did it surpass your expectations? Did it not quite meet them? How do you feel about so, it? So, do you remember when we did La La Land and I told you I didn't know it was a musical? Yeah. I didn't know this one was going to be a musical either. This keeps happening to me. I'm like, same, why are they saying what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to answer your actual question, I I thought I was I was kind of enthralled the whole time. Now, granted, I was just hearing all these songs that I love over and over. So he just when he <laughs> when he um, went into I think it was Crocodile Rock at the Troubadour that kind of like that show that blew him up. Uh, I was right like, like pumping the air like I, yeah <laughs> I, I had a great time with the whole the whole film. It sounds like you had a similar experience with Rocket Man. Like he did with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I think I think this one was better because this we talked a lot about Bohemian Rhapsody being kind of uh, cheesy or, or shallow, um, mm-hmm. and this one I felt went more more in depth, more true to the true to the story. Darker, okay. darker. How about you, Tim? Um, I think after watching the movie, I want to listen to more of Elton John's songs. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of raised my expectations because I went into it kind of like, oh, Elton John, uh, some dude that writes a lot of songs, <laughs> wears some funky clothes. All right, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like that's that's like really what I came into it. But after seeing it, I was like, dang, I actually knew a bunch of the guy's songs and I didn't know it and I really didn't look it up. And it was very interesting to see 
his story kind of fleshed out. Um, yeah. Although, you know, he's got some crazy ups and downs and stuff, but like at the same time, it's like, wow, the musician's life again, seen <laughs> from a different perspective in a different way, in a different light. So um, I actually liked it. It kind of, it kind of exceeded my expectations a bit. Tucker, how about you? Um, so I was really, really uh, happily surprised with all the performances, um, even just outside of Elton John's character. But I think everybody did a really good job putting the whole movie together. Um, but I did have some problems with the story structure um, and wasn't the biggest fan of it for that reason. I didn't really like the whole um, the whole group therapy session being kind of a source of narration throughout the movie. I don't really know why, but it just made me kind of not care as much. Uh, but that being said, even though I didn't love the movie on the whole, I think you know, all the performances and the execution from an acting standpoint and from a technical standpoint was really, really phenomenal. Yeah. I, I don't really, I didn't really have the problem with the group therapy thing being like a, a narration kind of throughout that yeah. didn't really bother me. I feel like that was kind of crucial to like his life. It was kind of like this very pivotal moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I just think they could have done it in different ways that uh, maybe drew people in a little bit more, but maybe that's just me. I remember, like, I, I don't really have many criticisms with it. I think, like, on a, like on an enjoyment scale, like, I'd give it, like, a 7. Like, it's not my all-time favorite movie, and it's not as far from my least favorite movie or anything. I think it's right. really good. Um, but I remember kind of feeling like, as somebody who didn't know, like, the life of Elton John all that well and was just familiar with, uh, you know, him as a performer and, and, a, and a musician, I kind of felt like it went through certain things pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. I think on a rewatch, I may not feel that way now that I know all these very important pieces of information sure. about his life. That makes um, sense. But on, like on a first watch, I thought it maybe kind of rushed through certain plot points pretty quickly. But that was really like my only thing. I was like, wait, what exactly? You know, we I wanted to spend a little bit more time there to kind of learn, flesh it out. But, you know, I feel like the movie does the job with, you know, here's what happened. And then you can go read about more what actually happened in his life i feel like it gives you the snippets and um i think does a good job overall like telling his story has a very interesting um story that like tim said has its up and downs um and you know it portrays him as this guy who um like everybody really liked but he was you know really struggling with the relationships that he was having if i'm remembering the movie correctly in the story um, but it sounded like, you know, a lot of the things happening around him are kind of falling apart for a while and everybody really ad- admired him and loved him, but he wasn't really feeling that in his own life, you know? Yeah. Um, that might've been, that might've been the problem that I had with it too. Maybe it's just that it like moved through things a little bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I might've liked it if it focused on less events and went a little bit deeper into those, um, rather than like. Uh, quantity but more of like let's go really deep into a couple different parts of his life instead of kind of touch yeah. over a bunch yeah so yeah i mean that's no those these as they keep doing these mu- music movies they're no joke i'm like all right sweet how long am i have to sit down two hours what the f-? you know <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same time like you're trying to capture somebody's life and like experiences and like how they made it to stardom through that and right. you're, yeah, Tucker, you're right. Like sometimes you feel like maybe they should just focus on certain quality events that were like the big pivotal moments. That way it would be bigger. Cause you're right. I, now that I'm thinking about it, like that therapy session was a little bit odd. Cause I was like, did that happen? I'm not sure if that happened. Cause there was right. a lot of weird metaphorical stuff that kind of happened with there. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I, I, I figure this is part of what's going on in his pro like the process of like him healing and his brain and that kind of whatever. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. What did you guys think of the, like the fantastical musical style of the movie? Because I know it, Dan said that caught him off guard. It was something I wanted to bring back up because it caught me off guard as well. Like I just kind of expected something more like, um, I guess maybe something more like Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of like how it played the music throughout the, the movie. But it was a lot more kind of like uh, fantastical. You know, like it went for the musical style. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it for what it was, and I thought it suited the story well, but I don't know if it will be for everybody, so I was kind of wondering what you guys thought about that. I think if I hadn't seen La La Land, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I was expecting, like you said, I was expecting it Bohemian Rhapsody style. 
Um, but at the beginning, like we were at the, in the group therapy session, she starts singing. I was like, dude, this is, mm, ah, oh, it's <laughs> Breaking that out kind in of the song. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, I can, I can vibe with this. I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so it ended up working out. I, I, I think it ended up being fine, and it fit once you kind of kept going throughout the movie. And I was like, okay, this works. How about you, Dan? Well, I that's kind of takes me back to what Tucker said about the group therapy session because at first I was weirded out by it. I thought I was gonna. I thought the story was going to catch up to the timeline of that session and then keep going like halfway through the movie. But then the musical and that all kind of came together to me to just basically like, I can imagine them going to Elton John saying, we want to make a movie about what you want to do. And he's like, this is how I want to do it. And tells it through this crazy musical and, and storyline. So I kind of liked that they took a little bit of a, a fantastical tactic to tell the story of, of him. Yeah. I mean, I think it. I think it blended with the the story and his performance style really well. And Tucker, what what were your thoughts on that? I can't remember if you said yet. Um, I definitely agree with Dan. I think I think it was a fitting way to tell Elton John's story. Um, but I think just to like kind of go back to what I was saying earlier, I think the only time that I was really drawn out of the movie was during the therapy session. I think like that's the only time that it broke immersion for me. Um, so maybe that's part of it, but the musical didn't, the musical aspects didn't really bother me. Um, at first I was a little bit surprised, but then I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, we're, I'm here for this. That's fine. Let's just go for it. <laughs> as cool. long as it like stayed committed to that throughout the whole film, then that would yeah. be fine. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you guys give Rocket Man out of 10? Um, I think I'm going, I'm going like 6.5. Cause that is exactly 5. what I was going to say. It's not bad. <laughs> Like, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it intrigued me more. But then again, my bent is not toward music movies. So that's where mm-hmm. it brings it down for me. Um, say it was, was my favorite genre, I'd probably pull it up to like a, a seven or eight. Um, but it's just not, it's not, that's not my style. Um, so 6.5, but that's good for a music movie for me. So that's how I feel. Yeah. I yeah. I, I was going to go. <laughs> I was going to go 6.5 or 7, something in that range. That's about where I am as well. But I feel like Dan might be a bit higher. Yeah, I I think I came out of it with a probably eight and a half, nine. Oh um, wow, cool. Wow. wow. <laughs> well, be, I mean, then I was going to say it was pulled up to that. Uh, also, I'm an eternal optimist, so I, I my rankings actually don't ever go below a six. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but the music, like the music, just. It it could have been the worst movie of all time, and the music would have held held the average up pretty high for me. Yeah, <laughs> cool. So, uh, moving on to our next movie here, Almost Famous. This came out in my year of birth, two thousand. Wow. Um, <laughs> the it won one Oscar, which was uh, best original screenplay, and then it was nominated for three additional awards. Uh, it was directed by Cameron Crowe, and this movie is actually loosely based on the events of his life during the time frame that this follows of the main character. And it stars uh, Patrick Fugit, Billy Crudup, Kate Hudson, Francis McDormand, and many more people. Um, Almost Famous is an unconventional music movie in the sense that we weren't following the story of a musician or a group of musicians. We're following the story of an aspiring writer who is traveling with a group of musicians in the 1970s. Um, so I thought Tucker would bring an interesting perspective to this conversation for the, for this particular movie, since he's both a writer and a musician. Um, I'm not a writer, but you know, obviously the rest of us here play music. So, um, yeah, I wanted to know kind of, uh, Tucker's thoughts a little bit about almost famous that way we can kind of get the writer musician yeah. combo perspective before we get into a little, get into a little bit further. Definitely. Um, so this is my kind of music movie. If I'm going to watch a movie about music, this is this is like the vein that I want to be in. Cool. Um, where like the music is almost peripheral to the storyline. Um, it almost serves as like something to just support the rest of the story. Um, but no, I really liked it. Um, if I had like one gripe with it, I think it was too long. Um, it goes on for like a while. Um, but no, I thought they did a really good job of capturing, um, I mean, I didn't start like reporting when I was 15, like he did in the movie, like the main character did. But, um, that being said, I did write for, you know, a newspaper. I've written articles about bands, things like that, uh, quite a lot. 
Um, not for Rolling Stone magazine, but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought they did. I thought they did a really good job of like capturing the um, sense of adventure, but also simultaneous rejection from everybody. Um, yeah. That it that really like encapsulates the life of a reporter of a reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Cool. Um, Tim, what were your thoughts on Almost Famous? Dude, that this. This movie like crushed my soul. I I feel like <laughs> the poor that poor kid, dude. He just could not get his interview. Like he just couldn't get it from anybody anywhere, and they just kept pushing him to the next thing. And he's just traveling around, and then finally he gets super frustrated. He's like, "Dude, I gotta go. What in the world?" Um, but like also, it I get I can't really say that this was like my upbringing per se, but there's an aspect to like how strict his mom was. That like tugged at me a bit. That was like, dude, this is kind of how some of your surrounding, uh, I don't know what I could say, like groups or people that you're around kind of treated different things. Like, you know, don't do drugs. And like, you know, I know what's going on. And they, you know, a lot of <laughs> assumptions kind of stuff. And so it was a little bit uh, uh, weird. But at the same time, like I understood with how this dude was feeling. I was like, dude, I'm. I'm fine. I'm just trying to do what I need to do. Would yeah. somebody just let me do it? Like I can never get any, he didn't get any support. It seemed like from like anybody. It seemed like everybody was hounding him at some every like some point. And then the movie kind of like culminated at the end where it was like he almost had the opportunity to bank that like a sick article for Rolling Stone and then got it smashed because the group was like, nah. And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> so I was like, man, dude, like, he just got slapped in the face, man, after all that time hanging with them and then just telling the good story about, like, everything that was happening, telling the realness about, like, the band, and they just wasn't able to get it out, like, just because somebody was like, no, nah, that didn't happen. And I was like, shoot, man, bro, sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, but I did, I did like it. I thought it was – it kept me captivated. And Tucker was like – Tucker was right, though, because, like, it just kind of kept going. I was like, dude, is he going to get his – what the heck is happening, dude? <laughs> Just sit down and talk to the guy. Quit interrupting. Go to another room. You know, I just um, so I was waiting for him to get finally get it. But I I could see how the, the title kind of comes in play there. But um, but I did like it. I will say I liked it though. Yeah. And uh, Dan, you had you said you had already seen Almost Famous before I brought this episode idea to the table with all of us. Yeah, uh, I didn't remember a lot of it, so it definitely needed a rewatch. Um, and it just made me. Wit. I mean. I, I just wished I was in that kid's shoes almost. Uh, I know it was a lot of crap that he went through, but to be alive at that age during that genre of music um, it would just, would have just been incredible. And then just to get I – mean, when you're a kid, at least me, when I was that age, I dreamed of getting out of the house early and going and living in these crazy adventures. And, I mean, the dude was best friends with a, a rock band that was blowing up. So yeah. I thought they also portrayed a good – like an exciting looking rock band really well with Stillwater. Um, and yeah, the, the music was good, but I felt like they, the actors and the way they shot everything really captured the energy of just like a badass rock and roll band. Yeah. Yeah. I, I particularly liked Billy Crudup's character yeah. in that band. I felt like he was the one that had the, he was the most complex of any of them. I feel like he had more depth. Um, and I felt like you could kind of understand where he was coming from. And you know why he made certain decisions throughout the the movies. I liked his character a lot, and I I think Billy Crudup's a really good actor in general. Um, and he was in um one the first he was in one of the movies that we talked about in the very first musicians episode, which was Rudderless, yep. another yep. music movie, which is really good. Um, but uh I, my 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 favorite aspect of Almost Famous uh, is the soundtrack. Um, it's like like Dan was saying, like to be in you know this particular time period in the seventies. Uh, I think it was it nineteen seventy three when this movie takes place. Yeah, somewhere right around. Um, I mean, it just it does a great job with capturing the setting with all the different rock bands that were coming out of that time. Um, I mean, I think this soundtrack is one of the one of the best ever. It's really good. Like, it's one that I would just you know listen to for fun. You know who is um, uh, on that soundtrack a whole bunch of times? Who Elton, Elton John. Yeah, <laughs> Reginald Dwight. And I watched almost yeah, there's famous. A- yeah, Reginald Dwight. Um, I I watched almost famous after I watched Rocket Man. So that whole time I was like, oh, there he is again. What <laughs> song was it that they all sang on the bus? Was it Rocket Man? I think it was Tiny Dancer. Tiny yeah. Dancer. Yeah. That's yes, right. Tiny yeah. Dancer. Yep. Tiny Dancer. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, yeah, the soundtrack's great. What'd you guys think of the soundtrack? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um, completely agree with everything you guys said. Yeah, it was really, really phenomenal, especially for the setting. Um, and even yeah. like outside the soundtrack, they did a really good job of capturing that setting. Um, just like being on the road and like the type of people they come across and all the different types of characters. I thought it was really cool. Oh yeah, I could I could totally dig that. That like and, and that's another part that's not my necessarily genre of music, but I was totally into all the music that was being played there and I could yeah. totally like 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 Dan was saying like I could totally see myself jumping in there and just loving every part of that, just being a part of all that's going on and like the real stuff that's going on was that that would have been that would have been just a neat adventure to to be on. Yeah, I think that movie does a really good job with like, you know, making you want or making you yeah, want to put your yourself in the shoes of the the main character because at that time I could assume a lot of kids at his age would want to, you know, have this type of life and be on the road and just have fun, party all the time. All of that sounds really miserable to me because I'm so introverted. <laughs> but <laughs> but I can understand the appeal. Um and I mean like I think uh you know, this movie does a really good job capturing, you know, that type of lifestyle when they go to that house and Billy Crudup's mm-hmm. characters like on top of the the on top of the house, like threatening to jump into the pool. And they're like, no, don't do it. And some people are like, yeah, do I'm it. A golden you God. Know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's really good comedic elements in the movie. There's really good dramatic moments as well. I think it's got a really good balance with its tone overall. I think it's really fun and entertaining. Um, I might say it might be like the most entertaining overall of these for me maybe i don't know i have to think about that but it's probably this one i think i would agree this is my favorite of the four oh it is okay cool he's ruining his rankings from later on yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know i like i i honestly think that for me i think rocket man was more entertaining than that one Okay. I, f- I feel like I I feel like I watched Almost Famous to grasp the the story a little bit more. Uh, Rocket Man gave me a little bit more insight into who Elton John was. Yeah. So I felt like I liked the story, and I think the musical aspect of Rocket Man entertained me more. Okay. Cool. Um. So, uh, what would you guys give Almost Famous out of ten? Um, eight point five. Eight point five. Wow. Okay. Dan. Uh, same. Right around there, eight to nine. Eight point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. I just, I think, just like we all said, it was from front to back. I was just engaged. Yeah. It was good, but I'm gonna be the different dude. I'm gonna go a solid six. Ooh, like it just. Okay. That's like it, the bottom of Dan's yeah, scale. Like zero, I didn't want to go too far because I didn't. I, I didn't want Dan to like you know <laughs> shoot his hands through the huh? zoom. <laughs> but like I liked it. I did like it. It's not it's not like I don't like it, but um it what to me, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't better than Rocket Man for me. I don't know. I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as I did Rocket Man. So Um I, I enjoyed it more than Rocket Man, but I wouldn't go quite eight point five or nine like Tucker or Dan as well. Um but I'm gonna go seven point five, like solid seven point five. I think it's a great movie. I really enjoy it. Um and I mean, I, I think it's one of the better movies of the year of my birth, 2000. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I give it a 7.5. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd go 7.5 for Almost Famous. Cool. All right. Moving on to Soul, Pixar's film from last year, 2020, which was arguably the worst year for movies ever because like nothing came out but Soul and Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984, and some other stuff, but not many things. Um, Anyway, Soul was nominated, or actually won for Best Animated Feature Film at the Oscars, as well as Best Original Score. It was nominated for one additional award as well. Um, This is directed by Pete Docter, who's done some other Pixar movies, and it stars Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and more. Um, So, at the time that Soul came out, people were absolutely raving over it. And saying yeah. it's one of Pixar's best, like top three, top five Pixar of all time. Um, but before I give my thoughts on Soul, where do you guys stand with it? Are you familiar with Pixar's work, and how do you think it kind of do? You, do you agree with the 
all the opinions that people were saying about it, basically. Um, so I have a really difficult time, like, remembering animated films for some reason. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, like, they just don't stick in my memory for very long. But that being said, I do remember, like, the hype that was surrounding this movie. Um, yeah. And I thought it was good, but I didn't really know what to expect because of, mm-hmm. like, the level of hype that it had. Like, yeah. is this going to be the best movie I've ever seen? Like, what's about to happen to me? Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was good. <laughs> I thought it was good, but it, it was not the best movie I'd ever seen and nothing extraordinary happened to me as I left the movie. <laughs> well, uh, I, I got, uh, teary eyed from it. So that's, it did something. Oh, good. wow. <laughs> nice. The, the montage at the, near the end where he kind of has the realization that what really sparks life is, is, is taking time to appreciate the small things. And then he starts playing the piano right in there. I was like, dang, um. But I'm kind of like <laughs> I'm kind of like Tucker. I don't really do a lot of animated movies. Um, when we did this one, I was like, "Hot oh, dang, I gotta watch a kids movie." Um, but <laughs> I, I, and then it made you cry. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, I mean, Pixar really tugs at people's heartstrings. That's the you know I think they're probably yeah. the best animated studio out there because they have yeah their you know their target audience is families and kids, but I think that they ha- they incorporate things into their movies that can appeal to an older audience as well. I liked the. Uh, graphic uh take on the afterlife that they did where they it was just i'd never seen anyone approach it that way it was very very interesting artistic yeah how about you tim um i kind of have the same vein like it it, when it comes to pixar movies it wasn't like the best of the best of the best like i'm thinking you know toy story level i'm thinking like monsters inc level that kind of stuff yeah um it wasn't there uh, it was good. It was definitely a good for 2020, and I think it was definitely good for like Jamie Foxx's perfect character to play uh, the dude there too. Like it was really cool. I think when it first came out, a lot of my students were messaging me like, "Mr. Morgan, you need to see it, dude. This dude is you." And I was like, "What? What in the world?" That's a good. That, that's <laughs> what I was thinking while I was watching it. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> like, Teach. So right, I was like, I was like, so I watched it, and I I did I liked it. I did like it. Um, I can't really throw much shade at it, but. Um, it was a very like Dan said. Also, interesting take in the afterlife. Very, very cool. Um, just the pull that he had in music, and then and then the way that they, because because that's kind of as musicians, I think there's kind of like a zone that you get into when you're just kind of like vibing with everybody, you're feeling it. Um, yeah. And they they I feel like they portrayed that in a very artistic way as best they could, uh, you know, visually for people to see and experience. Um, I thought that was neat. Um, Cause it's like you can't really describe it. It's just there. You're just doing it. You're just in it, and it's just like a cool experience. You just kind of get lost in it. Um, and I thought that was neat how they were able to kind of show you snippets of that throughout the movie as, as well. So I did enjoy it. I will say that for sure. I feel like I'm I'm in a weird minority about this movie. I don't dislike <laughs> it, but I remember when it came out and everybody was saying it's like Pixar's deepest movie yet very philosophical very thought provoking and I was like oh cool so we're gonna do something like Inside Out something like that and I was really looking forward to it and I just like was really underwhelmed by the philosophical ideas that people were raving over Um, like I don't think it's a bad movie I think the music's great animation is great interesting ideas and I understand why it resonated with most but like I found myself like fundamentally disagreeing with the message and I don't know anybody else like over here with me on this. Like to me, this is what I got out of soul. It's life is about stopping to sniff the roses and living in the moment always. And your purpose doesn't have as much meaning as you may think. I'm somebody who believes that everybody has a purpose and that message just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. At least that's what I took away from it. So like I'm willing to like somebody change my mind, but um, I don't think that was, I, I don't like, think the I, message the message was that your uh whatever your purpose like playing the piano or playing the cello is not the thing that sparks life. It's all this all the other things. I know stopping to smell the roses and, and I get it that it might have been more of a blanket statement than it should have been. But I what what he did with that at the end was I felt he got away from playing piano to play piano and started playing piano to express himself is what I kept how I took it away took away from it I guess to me it was like the whole movie it was this build up that you know he was he had this purpose that he was really going for he had this goal 
and he loved doing this one thing, which was piano and playing music. That was one thing he loved doing more than anything else. And then by the end of the movie, to me, it just felt like he kind of gave up on it. And I mean, maybe I interpreted it incorrectly, but I, I don't know. I was just like, this is this is what you guys are calling deep. Like to me, it just kind of felt surface level. And uh, since it's so strongly centered about living in the moment, and to me, it just kind of felt like it was this philosophical idea was conveyed in this philosophical facade, if you will. But I mean, again, like maybe I should rewatch it. Maybe I took something away from it that wasn't really intended to be what people should take away. But I just remember going like, I, I just don't really like this message. Well, you know how many I can, times I, mean, I could see, I could see that, how yeah. many times in band practice for finding freedom practice, we, uh, told you you have no soul yeah, right. and that's literally <laughs> the name of this movie so I, it, it might just not be your cup of tea yeah. you got a point Absolutely. What, what about what, what about you tucker what did you think of the uh i guess what we're talking about like um, here well like i said i don't remember a ton of it because it's animated and so it just <laughs> like leaves my memory as soon as it's over um but but I mean, I don't think I'd go as far as you, McNeil, to say, like, I completely disagree with the message. Um, but I, I'm kind of, like, in the middle. Like, it didn't it didn't really, like, provoke my thoughts on a huge level or anything like that. Like, everybody hyped it up to. Yeah, um, yeah. But I do agree with Dan that McNeil has no soul uh, <laughs> and doesn't know what feelings are. So it makes sense that he, that he would not like this movie a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, there are movies like, for example, um, Interstellar, Avengers. I feel like is one of these movies that is very philosophical and also explores emotion in it as well. And it really resonated with me. And I and I was my thoughts were provoked. But in and in, in soul, I, that was it was it, the exact opposite for me, because the message to me was just so bland and generic and not deep at all. To me, it was just. And and maybe it's because I'm not somebody who lives in the moment and I don't really value the moment. I just kind of value the future or what we can learn from the past. And the moment to me is like the most boring thing possible. And so I'm like, I don't want to always stop to sniff the roses. In fact, I like almost never want to stop to sniff the roses. I don't like those details. It's so boring. But I'm. I feel like I'm listening to this like fresh off of hearing one of the recent podcasts where, where, where I think it was Cody that was like, yeah, McNeil, you're also the guy that liked Thanos in Infinity War when he won, snapped his <laughs> fingers. I was like, wow, yeah, that's exactly how it is right now. Oh, that's great. That's so yeah. Great. I mean, I mean, that's just what, what, I, what I took away from it. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. Like, I, I think it's far from Pixar's worst. I, I, it's not Cars 2. You know, Cars 2 is just trash. <laughs> Um, and it's far from from that level of horribleness or whatever, but it's um, I, I think it's like mid tier Pixar. Uh, I, I think there are see, redeeming qualities of it. Yeah, I, I could kind of see where you where you might pick up on some of that because there's an aspect where I felt like at the end of the movie, it was like, and I got the the gist of it, but there was a part of me that was like, dude, you're about to be famous to tour with this band. But instead, you decided to settle for what could be seen as mediocrity. And yeah. so it was like, it's okay to not follow your dreams kind of deal. And how somebody could pick that off of it instead of like a, you know, go big or go home. Um, And so like that, I could see how you would would kind of, could kind of pick up something to that aspect. At least that's what I kind of picked up from it. And yeah. I was like, ah, eh, okay. I didn't really feel inspired. Inspired per se, because it was kind of like, oh, cool. All the small things that I'm doing right now are good for like, you know, my students and like what I'm trying to work towards. Um, being famous isn't all, it's all the big things, you know, so to speak. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it was, it, it kind of was a, it's okay. You don't have to be the best. Um, almost portrayed in a movie some way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could see that. I could see how that works. Um, I mean, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, it's themes and messages, um, and, and and we haven't really talked about <laughs> the music of it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, to me, the music was easily the best aspect of the movie. Um, I really enjoyed the score. I liked the jazz music that was incorporated into it. It was very different for, for Pixar. That jazz is not really um, 
the direction they've gone with music in their movies before. Like uh, I think Coco was one they had already done, which obviously was another. Um, it was a very cultural movie with its music and everything, and um, Soul went with the jazz direction. I really like it. Like I think jazz is a is a cool genre. It's interesting. It's grown on me um, the older I've gotten. Um, before I probably like as a as a kid, I wouldn't have liked it just because it's so. Um, it's weird. It's very technical, but it's also very. Uh, it's heavily centered around improv, and um, and feeling, which you don't have. So. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what are those? Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I really like the music in it. What about you guys? Yeah, I could definitely say that. I, that was a that was a cool aspect for me. Like I, uh, jazz is one thing I'm I'm striving to learn more about. Um, mm-hmm. So I think having that incorporated, and even having like a, a pseudo comic book or comic book, but like a uh, you know, animated teacher <laughs> kind of try to describe to his students like how to feel it or how to kind of go with it. Um, yeah. It was kind of neat, like just getting a little snippet of it, like, oh, okay, okay, I can see how that works. Um, instead of, like you said, the technical side of it, which can be frustrating sometimes when you're trying to learn it. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was that was a definitely a neat aspect of it. Yeah. And you probably, I, I didn't know if, how you feel about this, but obviously the, the, uh, the main character was a music teacher and that's what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know like how much that character would resonate with you oh no i very very much so and that's the, that's the the kind of the crazy part is the only one of the reasons i watched it was because my students kept saying telling me to watch it because yeah. the guy reminded me reminded them of me um yes or something like that um <laughs> but it and, and i in some ways i looked at it, i was like oh i could see that because i i like to do these kinds of things or i like to kind of have it free and fun with the kids or um like to have them explore and experience music a good bit mm-hmm. um because that's a key aspect of of music as well as learning the technical and pedagogical side of it, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way they can understand it better um, and kind of have the best of both worlds with the skill and the literacy of music versus the um, hearing by ear and playing by ear kind of thing too. So um, yeah, that was really neat. I thought it was cool. Awesome. Tucker, what'd you think of the music? I thought, was, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of like you said, Mickey. I thought it was nice to see um, some jazz representation. Um, yeah. Because I don't know. I feel like jazz is this this um, this thing that like people don't understand or really talk about very much. Um, yeah. But it has it has almost like a like a stigma of people who listen to it nowadays, where it's like, oh, you listen to jazz? That's weird. But like, I think jazz is super cool. Um, so I don't understand it, um, nearly like at all, but, um, and I don't pretend to either, but, um, I thought it was really cool to see that. Yeah. How about you, Dan? I feel like non-jazz musicians talking about jazz is like, uh, it's something we shouldn't be doing. I feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I get what you mean. (laughs) Uh, just, let's just move on. No, I, I thought it was great. I, I, I found the entire soundtrack to just be kind of spellbinding and, soothing um even though yeah. the story was kind of heart-wrenching the the music just had me it had me in like a appreciating the art of the animation mood the whole time yeah yeah so okay what would you guys give soul out of 10 i'll go with a i don't know i've been low scoring these things but i'm gonna go with a i'm gonna go with a six on this one I'm gonna go with <laughs> okay Okay. Six, also, the six a zero half. for Dan. I was going to go a five point nine, but I wouldn't want to upset Dan, so I'm going to stay at six. <laughs> <laughs> six and a half. Okay. And I, I'm coming in at seven, seven and a half. I'm giving a double answer every time because I'm wishy washy. <laughs> but um, I, I, it was pulled down for me just because it was an animated film, which is probably silly of me to to say. But um, it was. I, to me, it was moving and soothing and enjoyable. So, seven point seven. Moving and soothing and enjoyable. Seven seven point seven right. specifically. Move, moving, soothing, and enjoyable. Welcome back to late night radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you guys are probably going to be surprised by my score. Like, I'm not really going to go very low. I, I like I said, I don't think it's bad. I, I just think it's mid tier Pixar. Um, I'm also going to go just a six. I think it's decent. I don't like. I don't hate it. It might have sounded like I hated it, but I think it has plenty of redeeming qualities. I just kind of fundamentally disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially the title. That. Right. 
<laughs> souls. What are those things? Um, <laughs> so moving on to our final movie here, um, Green Book. This came out in 2018. Um, this won a few Oscars. Mahershala Ali won for Best Supporting Actor. Green Book also won for Best Original Screenplay, and it won for Best Picture. It was a, a, a nominated for two additional awards as well. Uh, this is directed by Peter Farrelly. It stars Mahershala Ali, Viggo Mortensen, and Linda Cardellini. Other people as well. Um, I absolutely love Green Book. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge fan of this movie. It's based on true events. tells the story of Don Shirley and Tony Lip as they tour the Midwest and Deep South of the United States in the 1960s with Shirley's classical slash jazz trio. Are you guys a fan of Green Book? Because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this one. Yeah, this this one yeah. was I thoroughly enjoyed the entire thing. Um, I thought it was it was deep. It was I, I felt like I learned some things um, about yeah. interacting with fellow humans, understanding people I don't understand normally. Um, I, I I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I uh, it was there was it was heavy at parts. Um, but it was very well done and they did a really good job portraying a lot of the real stuff that, you know, happened back in the day then. Right. Um, but yet once again, that, that an aspect of music again, that kind of brings people together Mm -hmm. to unify them, you know, and break barriers, so to speak. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. So, um, I saw this in theaters when it first came out. Um, and when I left the theater, I was like really pleased with it and I liked it a lot, but then all this controversy came out about it later. And so like, now I don't know how to feel about it. Um, cause I kind of just chose to like shut that away cause I just didn't need it at the time. And so I've kind of just repressed all of that. But when I left the theater, I liked it a lot and now I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like any movie based on a true story or a movie that tackles any form of possibly uncomfortable topics right comes with controversy yeah like it's, it's inevitable and uh obviously like you said this movie has gotten some in terms of uh how behind it pertaining to historical accuracy uh and handling of societal themes those seem to be the what surrounds the controversy yeah those are like the but top i two. hear different things all over the place you know and i think really what what really matters from it is if the message, you know, is positive and hopeful for a story like this. And I think it is. And if people actually walked away, you know, not just enjoying the movie, but also learning something from it as well. And I feel like that's what this movie does. And I I think it does it well. Um, I mean, I mean, to me personally, like I, I think green book, and this is going to sound very opposite from what I said of soul. Like you guys are going to be like, Oh wow. McNeil has emotions. Um, I mean, I think green book, I think is about overcoming differences through conversation and learning. And I think it does have a a hopeful and positive message, not just about growth and acceptance, but friendship and unity. And I mean, that's, that's basically what I took away from it. And when I left the theater, I, I, that's exactly what I thought too. But then all those people came out and it was like, it was like, it, it was like they were trying to tear it apart in terms of, trying to tear people apart from each other when I thought the movie was supposed to be about coming together. So it was like, did you guys watch a different movie than I did? Or am I just blind to this or what? I think people do that when movies are, you know, when they have a good message and, and and they get a lot of um, recognition as well. Obviously this one won best picture. So any, really anything that wins a, a lot of awards and is comes out during the award season and it's based on a true story there's going to be controversy. It's yeah. already happened this year and people are split with certain movies. Right. So, um, like I'm not surprised, but I, I really do like the story. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot to take away from it. I think it does have a, a positive message. Um, um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, how about you, Tim? Um, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, it's crazy. Cause I don't, I don't, I watched it. I watched it with my wife and, we had there was a lot of moments where we were just like, oh dang, oh oh snap, oh, and just very tense, very uh, I don't know, um, kind of crazy moments. But like you know, I think that's what it needed to have. I think it needed to kind of push the boundaries. And I think, um, like what Tucker was saying, like it, it 
you felt inspired and you wanted to be be unified. You wanted to bring people together, together. And then even when Dan said, like, he helped you to be able to learn how to talk to people as humans. You're right, um, yeah. And treat them like humans, despite whatever you might think about any type of stereotypes or premonition or whatever you think about them. Um, and to try to get them on another level. Because, like, even in the music world, like, musicians compare each other a lot and they compare themselves to each other and you're always trying to figure out like how do i get like that person or that person's really good at this or how can i obtain that kind of ability man they're really good at this um whereas they you you learn being in the music just industry and like gigging and stuff that people appreciate you for what you can do and so you capitalize on those strengths um while working on the weaknesses in the background and um but you're all human and so you can continue to encourage each other and just have freaking tons of fun like they like yeah. they did in the movie. Like it's just there's fun aspects to it. Like just enjoy it. So um I thought it was incredible to be able to portray those things um very well. And I, I so I, I wholeheartedly loved it. Yeah. I think one of the things that this movie also does really well is when you talk about people coming together and everything, is the the relationship between Don Shirley and Tony Lip. Um and I think the the genre and the the circumstances of the movie obviously kind of inherently allow that to happen because it kind of embraces this road trip vibe, mm-hmm. um, but also you know about how music brings people together. Um, and obviously, these two characters come from different cultural backgrounds; they carry different perspectives. Um, but I, what I really liked about it is that you get to see how they learn to appreciate their differences and learn from each other, and then they develop this strong bond and stand up for each other. Yeah. And you know, when when somebody's being treated um, unfairly or unequally, and um, and and then by the end of the movie, you really care about their friendship, and mm-hmm. um, and like at the end, I like I remember thinking uh, when he when he drops him off, and I was it's kind of a spoiler alert by the way, but I was like, oh no, is he is he just gonna leave, or is he actually gonna <laughs> yeah. go in and like meet his family, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, I I don't I honestly have no idea what's what which one it's going to be. And so, um, you know, ultimately I was happy with the ending, but, yeah. um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, I think there's a lot to take away from this movie. I would say for me of any of these movies, unlike soul, um, <laughs> green book is the most thought provoking. I mean, I just feel like that's, I would completely agree to me. It's a no brainer, but, um, I did, a, I mean, and, I did a bunch of reading after I watched this about like the controversy, and there was a yeah. qu- a quote by uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that I just looked back up because I remember liking it. And he was a supporter of the film. And he said, okay. unless they're making a documentary, filmmakers are history's interpreters, not its chroniclers. Green Book interprets the sea of historical events to reveal a truth relevant to today. Resist those who would tell you to know your place. So I kind of like that uh, yeah, interpretation. I, I like that. I, I think that's very well said. Um, I mean that that's kind of something I've said about uh, movies that deal with some form of something based on a true story. Is I'm like, it's not a documentary. Like, of right. course, there's going to be some creative liberties taken from what happened in real life because they want it, you know, to be entertaining. Um, and so if, you know, if you want a documentary, you know, go go watch a documentary of something or or, or just read about it, you know. But um, you know, I think. I think movies that are based on true stories um, that maybe fictionalize some things. I think the thing they do really well is um, inspiring the audience to actually learn about the real events, you know, and understand the context because the movie obviously can't do everything because it's, you know, on average two hours. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I really like this one. Um, and I think like, like, like soul people are, people obviously take away a lot from it. Um, and another thing it has in common with soul is that this is another movie centered around jazz. Yeah, true. Um, and I really like the music in it. And towards the end, I think there was one particular moment where I want to say, if I'm remembering it correctly, they went to play a blues song, but, um, which was a really cool scene, but I really liked the music in it overall. What did you guys think about the music? I thought it was really amazing. I thought it was really cool. It's one of those movies that, like, the music, like, really gives you chills, like, over and over again. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I like. I think I like the music enough where 
as I'm sitting watching the movie and like watching people deny someone's humanity, but not hearing what their skill and talent and ability are, so I'm like, dude, you're you're losing out, man. <laughs> like you're you're really missing out. You don't even know what this dude could do. Like you just missed that last scene that I just saw. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you didn't even watch that. What the heck? <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved. I thought the music was incredible. Likewise, sweet. Um, any final thoughts on Green Book before we give a score out of ten? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, all right, Tucker. What would you give Green Book out of ten? Um, I'm gonna go with a nine. Nine. Tim. Nine. Oh, sorry. I jumped. I jumped him in line. <laughs> You're good. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> I'm actually going a solid eight on this one. Solid okay. eight. Solid eight. It was good. Nine for me. Dan said nine. I'm going nine as well. Nice. I think this one's great. Um, cool. So, all right. So, I'm going to do some semi-rapid fire questions here. Um, just about these four movies in general. Which movie do you think had the best soundtrack? I mean, just based on records sold, I'm going Rocket Man. Okay. If I'm ro- yeah, if I'm rapid firing, I'm Rocket Man immediately. Probably almost famous. I will second Tucker and go with almost famous. Um, music though, just like the overall score in the movie, except they're two different things for me at least. I can't really view them in the same regard. I guess Soul and Green or um, Soul and Green Book are the only ones that had a an entire score composed for them, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So you got to. I guess kind of got to pick between one of those two. Honestly, if I'm if I'm putting some music in the background that I just kind of want to listen to, I might actually pick Soul. Okay. I think I think I would pick Rapid Fire and pick Soul as well. Just it was a really a mood setter for me. I think I would agree. I'm gonna go with Green Book. I'm gonna be the outlier here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, different question. Best performance in any of these four movies. I'm going to go with Taron Edgerton as Elton yeah. John and Rocketman, yeah, 100%. Has be, it has to be Elton John. Yeah. Mahershala Ali, a close second, but Taron Edgerton was great as Elton yeah. John. I had Mahershala in my brain, but then I thought about what Taron Edgerton had to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Edgerton. Okay, man. The, here, the here, ca- for it. me, it's the cat from Soul. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm like, those are all great, and you're probably correct, but I loved um, Vigo as Tony Lip. I thought, dude, he totally disappeared into that role. I thought as well. he like, was I, totally engrossed in it. I didn't see um, Aragon <laughs> at all when I was watching <laughs> Green Book. That yeah, that was just crazy. Like when he first showed up, I was like, bro, are you ready to take down some hordes of orcs? We let's go. <laughs> 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 but he didn't. And I was like, "Oh, cool. Okay, you get to drive a car. That's cool, man. I'm cool with that. All right, great." Shut up. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was really good. I I would say for for me, he'd be my my third favorite. Um, but I just for overall, like what Taron Edgerton went through to replicate uh, Elton John, I thought that was phenomenal. Um, but Green Book, I think, also had um, really good performances. Um, so yeah, and then lastly, favorite of the four. Uh, Green Book. Green Book. I already spoiled mine earlier, but almost famous. And I'm going to go with the Green Book. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. All right. So, uh, this was awesome. I think this is a, this was an interesting batch of movies to talk about. Um, definitely has a wide variety of music. We went from like some classic rock to a different type of classic rock, to jazz, to a different type of jazz. <laughs> so maybe not as much variety as I thought initially, but movies are all different, very different. So, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, so where can people find you guys on social media? We'll start with Tim. Um, I'm just about anywhere you can find me, Timo Audio, um, doing all kinds of cool just music stuff. Just hit me up. I'm there. Cool. Dan. Uh, Hoosier, like Indiana Hoosiers underscore sc uh you can find me there there's a bunch of links uh in my bio that talk about all the random hobbies i have sweet and tucker um so i'm pretty much on all the social media platforms that you would expect um my personal accounts are just under tucker wolf and then i also just recently started my own little small business that's under wolf media group so you can check it out there yeah cool 
Well, I'll be sure to link all of your information in the description of this episode. But once again, guys, thanks for joining me today in this episode. This was a lot of fun. I had a great time talking with you guys. Likewise. Thank you so much. It was awesome. It was dope, man. It was dope. See you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review if you want to help support the podcast. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know your favorite of these four music movies. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. You can also find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon. Support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com. And you can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. And once again, thank you for listening. (laughs) 